Have you had your plus sign today? If not, no worries. On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, we'll deliver the plus sign directly to your ears by talking about the song Positivity. And joining me on this episode is first-time guest, Dr. Tara Betts. Welcome to the show, Tara. Thanks for having me, Jason. Glad to have you. Like I said, first-time guest, man. So this is your this is your first time on the Press Rewind podcast. First-time listeners have had a chance to hear your voice. So I would appreciate it, um, and I'm sure the listeners would as well, if you wouldn't mind giving everybody just a little bit of your background and maybe also plugging in a little bit of your relationship to Love Sexy. And if you have any uh, interesting stories to tell about Love Sexy or positivity in particular, since that's the song of the day. Oh, gosh. I think I've been a Prince fan since at least since I was 12 years old. And (laughs) which is hard when your parents are like, what's wrong with my child? She's 12 years old and she loves Prince. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, that album, Love Sexy in particular, I remember that was one of those early albums that I bought before I had my first job. So, you know, you had to save your allowance money to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about how racy that cover was and like how Alphabet Street was all over MTV. And I kind of liked Alphabet Street, but it was something about just the overall vibe of that album that really stuck with me and how you could at the time, cause I bought it on cassette, you could just fold out the liner notes, which I know kids, a lot of kids now are like, what are liner notes? I've had to explain that. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. to see everything printed out, it was almost like a book of poems to me, you know, cause by then I was reading poetry and I, I had these aspirations to be a poet. And there's so many things about Prince's lyrics that strike me like, um, the attractive elements of poems, even though they are definitely song lyrics in the sense of they work well with instrumentation and how he phrases stuff. So for me, as somebody who ended up becoming a poet who's published books of poems, I think it's really been useful in terms of shaping some of my early poetic ideas. Because even when I sit down and write a poem now, I think about how does it sound, right? Does it sound right? Does it sound like something you would say? You know, like even if we watch, you know, Under the Cherry Moon, (laughs) just that whole scene. One of my favorite scenes is the scene where um, he's talking to the young woman and he asks her, if you wanted to buy a Sam Cooke album, where would you go? You know, and it's like, wreck of stuff. So, you know, if you know that joke and it really resonates with you, it's all about, does it sound right? Does it fit into what you really want to say? Yeah. That lexicon says everything about the person, you know? Yeah. And the liner notes in Love Sexy are very ornately written out, like in Prince's um, half cursive, half printed handwriting. Uh, I've taken I've taken photos of it and I posted it on online on my um, my Twitter feed because it's just a really interesting way. Like a lot of his liner notes are that way. Like he just mm-hmm. has this beautiful handwriting that you see in books that that have been published with uh, his handwritten lyrics in it. So right. um, yeah, I can see how you pulling out. I mean, on the cassette they're a little smaller and we had better eyes back in the day. So. It wasn't so hard to read the liner notes on a cassette. Now, 
got to pull out the vinyl and read them because we're you know getting older but yeah, yeah I, I i did the same thing said the same thing you did so yeah i wish we had more of that because i know they had the prince book that came out and they they leaned so heavily on the pictures because he was working on that memoir when he died and mm-hmm. i was just man i wish we really had the full story so i kind of missed because you know other than he just had all these amazing little quirky adventures with other people that are coming out in other places like Jimmy Fallon and Questlove and all these other folks. But it's like, you know, it's going to be poetic and full of color and it's going to be just like these weird, quirky little phrasings. And I kind of want that language. I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of quirky language used on this album. I think, I mean, this is positivity is the final song of the album just to kind of cover some of the bases here. It's the final song on the love sexy Love sex track listing, single track CDs be damned. It's the final track. <laughs> I'll hear nothing else. Uh, it was recorded on uh, December 11th, 1987, same day as I know. So, you know, he was thick in the recording sessions for Love Sexy in December of 87. And the song just kind of fits right in line with, with those recording sessions. And um, one, one little interesting piece, and I covered this when I recorded my episode for Cindy C with Rhonda Nicole. For the black album is that the the rap that cat does on cindy c was originally intended to be on positivity believe mm. it or not but um once prince found out that that rap was plagiarized then he had it removed and i i went into that whole story on the cindy c episode with Rhonda. so you know listeners check that out if you haven't already but yeah so we don't have a rap on this this song like it was originally intended that was scrapped um but it does does close the album very nicely. I think it's uh, uh, gives the album closure, and it and it ends with the same kind of I don't know watery sounds that you get at the beginning of the album. So it kind of goes full circle. So if you're listening to it in a loop, the end of Positivity sounds just like the beginning of I Know, and so you can just kind of repeat the whole song cycle over again if if you know you so desire. And it all flows very nicely. Mm-hmm. This was also a song recorded by Mavis Staples. So she did a cover of this song uh, off her 1995 album, The Voice, on NPG Records. So that's just a kind of a neat little piece of trivia there. This was a song that was covered. Not a lot of Prince songs get covered, but sometimes they do. And sometimes they do by people who are Prince associates and people who Prince has worked with. So this is an example of that. We get a lot of um, female vocals on this song. You get uh, Sheila sheila e and bonnie boyer their vocals are very heavy in the in the chorus and uh throughout the song actually so i mean there's a lot of of interplay with vocals between prince and the and sheila and bonnie throughout the song which makes it a really interesting i think an interesting aspect of of the track that i like a lot is hearing their voices intermingled especially in the chorus a lot do you um do you like the way it sounds I like their vocals. I like that Ingrid Chavez makes an appearance on there. And I feel like in terms of her presence in the Prince pantheon, so to speak, of women, because there's been so many women creatives who were in there. Like she's one of the ones that you don't hear about as much, even though she was the lead in Graffiti Bridge and she's on the Graffiti Bridge album. You know, she's here and people really don't talk about that. You yeah. know, 
it's like the most you hear about her is that Madonna kind of took her lyrics for justify my love. And that's all you hear. You know, even though Prince was like, why did you do that? (laughs) But I think one of the things that really I find compelling about positivity is how he alternates his phrasings, right? Like some things are very slow and crawly, you know, and then there's other things like um, the line you were talking about before, you got to hold on to your soul. Like it sounds like something you would hear in an old school soul song and then there's like other parts where he speeds up a little bit, almost like he's rapping. And yeah. I was like, that range of what he does in one song is really interesting to me. Yeah, he intermixes um, language, like modern slang, or at least, you know, late 80s modern slang with mm-hmm. some maybe older phrasing. The The first couple of verses, and we'll be going through them very shortly, the first couple of verses are sung very similarly, but then... The rest of the lyrics are completely different. They're they're mm-hmm. longer, longer verses. And you know, you can call them verses, you can call them just sections of of words or lyrics if you want. However you want to describe it, they're done very differently. Um, sometimes he's singing, sometimes he's speaking, sometimes he does both in the same verse. <laughs> so um it's an interesting song. It's a fairly long song. It's seven plus minutes long. And a lot of it is a lot of it is words and singing. It's not just like this ex- there's a little bit less than a minute of um instrumental outro that i was referring to with the water sounds and like the ethereal synths going on in the background that mimicked how i know begins at the front of the album but that's that's less than a minute so it's still six plus minutes of of core song that we we have here at the end of the album so it's it's one of those it's one of those songs that goes on for a while and has a lot to say so Mm-hmm. We probably should get should probably get to the lyrics. Start on that journey. So the song opens up with yes, the word yes being echoed in the background. Right. And yes, yes is a is a word that is repeated throughout this song. Um, yes is kind of like one of those words that is synonymous with love, sexy. Uh, I think he used the word yes throughout like a lot of the um the visual aspects of this album whether it was music videos or a tour just the word yes yes being like a a positive affirmation something that you're you know uh, that you would say when you're you know you're approving of something Mm -hmm. you you're looking for that thing and you want to and especially in this album when it's really kind of a an allegory for uh, religion and spirituality to to you know embrace that and you have to do that by saying yes to a lot of things that maybe scare you at first so mm-hmm. kind of uh, looking at it from that perspective that a good walking down the street with that money in his hands at a good man why do you dog him if there was your father tell me would you dog him then would you but then the first verse is, is that a good man walking down that street with that money in his hand? Is that a good man? Why do you dog him? If that was your father, tell me, would you dog him then? Would you dog him? That's your first verse. So those are like the first lines you hear. And he asks, would you dog him twice? He says, is that a good man? No, he says, would you dog him three times? And is that a good man twice? So he's repeating a lot of these lines in this first verse. 
Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of like unique words being said here. It's it's a it's a repeat of many different lines for emphasis, I think. Mm-hmm. So like the line, why do you dog him? I mean, is that a reference to, um, you know, the man with just a man with money? Um, somebody who's supposed to, is it supposed to be a, a comment that's maybe has deeper meaning, do you think, Tara? Well, I mean, when I was younger, I just thought it was like, this comment on materialism and superficiality, you know, right? Like how I remember people, you people using dog as the verb, like they don't do it as much anymore, but just dog somebody out. Like you're not anybody special, you know, just treat you like trash. But in the context of the larger album, it started to feel like this is almost kind of biblical. Right. And I thought back to all the parables in particular, the one, where the king goes back to his kingdom and he's or there and he's dressed like a pauper and because he's dressed like a pauper everyone treats him like trash and in that process they discover later on that he was actually royalty and then they're ashamed of how they acted so when you think about how biblical and how how much God comes up on this album, it makes a lot of sense that he's kind of condensing these a parable down to something that could be in a song, that could be something people relate to in a more contemporary sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so I thought a lot about that. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if it also had maybe a comment on jealousy. So walking down that street with that money in his hand, so maybe people and like, is that a good man? Would you dog him? Would you dog him? Asking like, would you dog somebody with money if you're jealous of them? And I'm I'm not sure if that's, you know, if I'm the only one that wonders that, but I just kind of came up with that idea of maybe it being a comment on jealousy too, potentially jealous of the, the you know, the next man that has something that you don't. Um, right. If that was your father, would you dog him? Is kind of an interesting line here as well, just because like, okay, you're dogging this stranger, you know, that we perceive it to be a stranger. He never says the word stranger, but you kind of get the sense that it's just somebody that somebody sees with money in their hand. But right. if that was somebody you knew, somebody that was close to you, would you have the same uh, feeling towards them? Would you take the same approach in talking to them? Would you dog them? Would you know? Would you would you tease them? Would you uh, give them a hard time? And if that was your father, yeah. And then if you had that kind of intimacy with them, does that make them somehow different from another human being? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good point. A lot of questions in this uh, <laughs> first verse that don't really get answered, but uh, it does make you think a little bit. Like, what is he? What is he trying to say with these lines? Yeah. And do you have integrity? Like, I think he's questioning people's integrity throughout this song. Like, even when you go into the next verse, I think he's kind of doing that a little bit. Like, what are yeah. your values? Yeah. Is that a good man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Asking that question, you have to look, just look at somebody, whether they have money or not. In this case, that person has money. But you still have to ask, is that a good man? Just because they have money don't make them a good person. Right. They get that money. And that's like you said, that's what he asks in the second verse. But we'll get there in a minute. They should be telling us a story. A lot of Prince songs tell a story in mm-hmm. in the context of the lyrics. And you can't just look at each verse in a vacuum. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So then the chorus is positivity. Then you hear the background, a woman, I don't know who, maybe Sheila, maybe Bonnie, maybe both, saying yes. Have you had your plus sign today? Positivity. Yes. Do we mark you present or do we mark you late? All right. So the only thing I'm going to say about this verse or this chorus up front is the women's vocals are stronger in the mix than Prince's, in my opinion. Like, I hear Prince, but I mostly hear Sheila and Bonnie. How about you, Tar? I definitely think he punched them up in the choruses. But I think he really knew as an artist that the women really complimented his his style and did things that he just couldn't do as a musician. You know, it's like he was going to come with a certain type of masculine energy in the work, but also just surrounded himself with all these amazing, talented people, you know, sometimes very beautiful, talented people. Um, and I'm sure that garnered him a certain level of attention that other male artists necessarily didn't get. Right. Mm -hmm. so I think part of it was part marketing on his part, but then also I think just like, there's not another Sheila E and I don't think we'll ever have one. There's not another Bonnie Boyer, you know, I mean, I think Bonnie might be slightly comparable to Rosie Gaines, who we know Prince worked with on New Power Generation. But, you know, God bless her, rest in peace. Bonnie Boyer was the only Bonnie Boyer, you know. Yeah. And I think in doing so, he really created something where not only these women got a chance to shine, but sometimes they kind of like you know, made the song something more than what he could have made it. Like, I keep thinking of, um, what's the album that recently came out on Tidal, where it's like him doing the demos? Do you know the one? Oh, talking? original. Are you talking about originals? I think that's what it's called, yeah. Yeah. But some of the demos were songs that he recorded for women, yep. like, I think, Nasty Girl, and I had never heard his version of Nasty Girl, and I'm like, Oh gosh, I really love that Vanity did this song with Vanity yes, Six. Sex that Shooter is too with Apollonia Six. This version of Sex Shooter, uh, Manic Monday was intended for women. First, it was intended for Apollonia, and then it was given yeah. course to Bangle. So yeah, he's got a lot of examples like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, very very cool. And sometimes you're right. I mean, as good as Prince's versions of some of these songs were. I'm not going to cite examples because I don't want to spark any controversy, but I think that there are times when the women that he gave those songs to served the song better than he could have. Yeah, and there's moments where he said that himself about certain songs. Like, I think I just gave this person to them because I liked it better in their voice. You know? Yeah. And if mm -hmm. you're prolific like that, that's not a challenging thing to do. You're like, you know, that's like, you give it to somebody else because you know they can perform it in a way that sounds unlike how you sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's that's confidence in your abilities, confidence in your you know your craft that you can create a song, and knowing that giving it away is probably the best thing that you could do for that song. Right, and even as a writer, you're like, if you're a writer, you can be that flexible. Like everything you write doesn't just sound like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I think we'd have to both agree on that one. Yeah. Um, in the chorus, the line that 
I mean, there's a couple lines. Of course, there's just him saying positivity with the yes in the background, but the two lines that are, I think, memorable and worth discussing a little bit at least is the line, have you had your plus sign today? Mm-hmm. And do we mark you present or do we mark you late? So mm-hmm. the have you had your plus sign today is one of those lines that kind of um, transcends the song. Like you hear people say that, people at least in the in the Prince world. I mean, I don't know if it's really expanded outside of those of us in the Prince world that that uh, listen to his music all the time and, and talk about his music and talk about the man himself and social media and amongst other friends. But it is a line you say that and people know exactly what you're talking about if they're if they're in the Prince world. It's just sure. one of those lines. It's it's catchy. It's memorable. Um, and it's just, you know, a really kind of cool way of of saying, have you embraced positivity in your life? You know, have you have you tried to push away negativity, negative thoughts? Have you had your plus sign? Like, have you thought about the ways that you can be a positive person, not just in your own life, but be a, you know, uh, exhibit positivity throughout everything you do to maybe brighten up somebody else's day or make somebody else feel good. Uh, that's a little bit what I get from that. And and to be honest with you, I had to do a little bit of digging because it just felt like I'd heard something like that before, maybe not in those exact words, but I thought I heard something like that before. Maybe it was like a riff on that or, you know, he, he changed a word or two. Do you know what I'm kind of referring to? Is there like an ad campaign that was used, <laughs> Tara, that you remember? I don't remember an ad campaign at the time, but I remember my first initial impressions of it is just, it seemed like a very, like, almost kind of like a check-in question. You know, like the type of questions we ask each other now in, in this time of self-care where everybody talks about self-care, except you're not saying plus sign. Usually you're telling people, did you drink water today? Did you take a (laughs) shower today? Like, it's almost like it felt essential like that before there was a self-care movement and before everybody was talking about positive thinking in the way they talk about it now. And yet it's still not like, you know, we've gotten so far into that conversation as a, as a culture then now we're talking about toxic positivity and what does it look like when you find balance, right? So I think he might have been struggling with that concept when he was working on this album in the 80s. It's like we're just now kind of catching up to that as a larger general public of talking about, okay, you can be, you can have moments where you're negative, you can have moments where you're positive, but are you kind of finding equilibrium where you know, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. Like even when he gets to the line about the W's, I thought mm-hmm. a lot about that. Yeah. Now, good insight. Um, but I did do a little bit, did, bit of digging because it sounded to me like maybe a breakfast cereal jingle that I'd heard, but I couldn't find anything to confirm that. Like- so what I ended what I ended up doing is I went into Google. I just typed in, "Have you had your?" and just let it autofill to see what came up. Okay, and and the one thing that came up that seemed like more realistic potential, realistic uh, influence would have been an '80s ad campaign for shower to shower body power powder. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. So, <laughs> so the the jingle back then was "Have you had your sprinkle today?" 
and I, and I watched a couple of videos on YouTube because you can find just about any video on YouTube nowadays. And the, the jingle goes, have you had your sprinkle today? Yeah. And, and that was in the 80s. And so it's it's possible. I'm not going to say Prince heard that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to you know repurpose that and use uh, plus sign. But maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't the know. Timing, the timing's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's, I tend to think my interpretation might be more <laughs> Because this just so, you know, it's kind of quirky. I mean, I'm sure yeah. we find inspiration everywhere in unexpected places. You know, I tell my writing students that all the time. Like, you may see something weird and you just reinterpret it a little bit off kilter to make it do something you want it to do. You know, mm -hmm. and I definitely would believe Prince would do that. Sure, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just an interesting thing. I, I had to bring it up because I. I tend to do that in episodes where I think I hear something and it, I thought I was just, my, my brain was playing tricks on me. Um, and I was imagining knowing a, of an ad campaign that, that kind of sounded like this. And I'm sure that I'd heard that in the eighties when I was a kid and, you know, shoved it in the back of my brain because why would I ever need to, to, you know, commit that to memory. But some of those, I mean, ad jingles are ad jingles for a reason. They work. Yeah, they stuck in your head. And you never forget them. Doesn't matter if it's been thirty plus years since I've heard that. I'm sure I still had it in my head. Yeah, I didn't remember it till you said it. I was like, oh. <laughs> exactly. Like thank yeah. God for Google and YouTube, man. Yeah. I would have been racking my brain on that one for potentially forever. <laughs> it's funny that have you had your plus sign today sticks with you because I feel like the second question stuck with me more as a younger listener. Yeah, expand on that if you don't mind. Just that whole idea of are you present or are you late? Like we know it's like a school question, the way it's phrased. Mm -hmm. But I always thought about, you know, like, well, thankfully now woke is going out as a phrase. It's like I kind of pictured it being almost like this thing, like, are you aware? Are you here? Are you ready? As opposed to present. And then if you're late, it's like you missed the boat, you know, mm -hmm. like you're not, you don't even know what we're talking about, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So to hear that in that question, it doesn't say that directly, but it felt very implied to me as mm -hmm. a listener then and now to think about, yeah, you're, you know, cause the whole album is kind of like coming to consciousness about making certain types of decisions. And I'm like, that makes so much more sense to me now why I thought that initially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very good. I, I agree with you on that one for sure. Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of the love sexy lyrics, and I don't have any examples to cite, but anybody can go back through and find them where Prince is kind of like encouraging those that he's singing to and talking about to, you know, to make a decision to find to find mm -hmm. God and do it soon, you know. I mean, he said before, like, we're running out of time and he uses you know, the running out of time concept in previous songs. Yeah. 
Um, verse two is kind of similar to verse one. It goes, is that all your gold? Where did it come from? What did you have to do? Can you sleep nights? Do you dream straight up or do you dream in W's? Some more questions he's kind of posing out there, hypothetical questions that you know, he's not necessarily looking for answers for, but it's asking a lot of the same stuff. So instead of, you know, a man with walking down the street with money, now he's talking about gold and like, is that your gold? Mm-hmm. How did you get it? Basically, like, again, asking the same questions, like he said, is that a good man in the first verse? And he's kind of implying the same thing with these questions. Where did it come from? What did you have to do? Can you sleep nights? So did you get like, did you earn that gold in this case or that money? you know, in a, in a way that, in an honest way, you know, uh, you know, was it morally earned? Did you have to break any laws to do it? Uh, how do you feel about yourself now that you have this possession? Now that you have this gold, can mm-hmm. you sleep at night knowing how you had to earn it? And right. if the answer is yes, then maybe, you know, you, you did the right thing and you embraced positivity. But if you didn't, and that's where that last line, do you dream straight up or do you dream and w's mm-hmm. um so that last line's interesting i have a couple of thoughts on it but i'm gonna let you tackle it first if you don't mind yeah i i really like that he ends on that because again it kind of links back to what i was thinking about with that previous stanza like you know do you dream straight up or in w's you know, just that idea of something jagged, but not saying it's like a lifeline pulsing up and down or it's ebbs and flows. He says straight up W's. And I guess for me, it's like as somebody who grew up in the Midwest, in a town that survived on factories, I grew up in Kankakee, Illinois, and I grew up above my grandparents' tavern. So in that tavern, I saw people who were like, Either they worked factory jobs and they had these jobs that kind of grind you down and, you know, you got to find a way to kind of just keep going, which is another kind of ebb and flow. But then also there were people who did get their money doing grimy things that I saw as a kid and they were they were always kind to me as the kid. And, you know, they might have been really cool with my dad. But to think about that, right, like what did you do to get money to keep you inside and then once you're inside can you even sleep you know Mm -hmm. so i thought a lot about those questions as a young person listening to this album but i also think about do you feel like the money is more important than your beliefs do you think the money is more important than you know what you believe you should stand for and i feel like that's what this song was really grappling with. Like, is there something you value more than the superficial things in life, right? So when you dream, like, it's he goes, is that, like, I almost feel like, is that all your goal? Like, he says it almost like that. Like, is that the only goal you have? Like, like there's that implication of that. Mm-hmm. Like, there is mm-hmm. types of gold. So, yeah. You know, if you're dreaming straight up or in W's, straight seems more like a path of ascendancy where there's other things that you can dream about. And Mm -hmm. that's really exciting to me as an idea to think you have all sorts of dreams. Or even if you look at stuff like Graffiti Bridge, which came after this, or, you know, where it's like he kind of creates this made up village 
graffiti bridge is all about a made up and I was like <laughs> it's kind of fantastical when you think and I feel like this whole album does that like probably and I hate to say this you know since we're talking about positivity Anastasia is probably my favorite song from Love Sexy because it's like to me it strikes me as so dreamy as a continuum the whole album feels dreamy but it's like you can tell positivity is like the end of the dream yeah. by the time you get to the end of the song you know yeah i i just like that line because i like the multiple meanings that you can apply to it mm-hmm. so the, i mean the term straight up at least how i've always interpreted it like you know the song paul abdul sang straight up now telling me do you really want to love me forever yeah so that I, was that was very like for real like t- tell me truthfully like mm-hmm. is this for real are you trustworthy straight up tell me like no bullshitting um and mm-hmm. so i think of it that way and also straight up as you mentioned pointing up ascending so but then what's a w w is anything but you know a straight line it's all <laughs> over the place you know it's 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 um up and down it's wavy it's it doesn't go in one direction it goes in multiple directions so mm-hmm. but then w also can mean especially if we're talking about money gold money i think of it as wealth w for wealth it could be do you dream about wealth do you dream about wins meaning like you know to get over or anything that mm-hmm. like are you are you dreaming about ascending and not just maybe you know from a spiritual standpoint but just elevating your place in life mm-hmm. elevating your platform elevating others around you or are you just dreaming about wins and losses how to make more money that kind of thing so i just i just like that line because i i think that it has a lot of different interpretations that you can apply to it and it's just cool when prince can do that right and he starts leaning more on like w questions like who when and where yeah, good point. Good point. Absolutely. Yeah. So those first two verses are kind of sung similarly. They have asked some of the similar questions in a different way. Mm-hmm. Seem to be conveying a very similar thing. Uh, we get another chorus after the second verse. Positivity. Have you had your plus sign today? Positivity. Yes. Do we mark you present or do we mark you late? Probably nothing more than we need to talk about that chorus again since we already kind of went through it. We do get a little bit of a change here where we have the na 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 and then you hear somebody say so slow positivity mm-hmm. and you get more na 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 so slow i'm not sure what the so slow has to do with the overarching themes of the song i mean i don't even know if we need to talk about it unless you have some thoughts on it Tara. well i kind of like it because it's almost like it it struck me like that kind of slow process of coming to consciousness about something right and again it's a wonderful opportunity to showcase sheila e and bonnie boyer singing together because they're like na 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 so slow you know Mm -hmm. so it's like just to kind of like give you some variety in terms of where it's going sonically before you just drop into another bird so You know, it's just another really wonderful layer of sound. But since you're talking about consciousness, it's like, what's one quality you can describe 
to get to another level of how you see and think about the world. And it is slow. It's painful. Mm-hmm. So it may yeah, be yeah. that for sure. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I figured there had to be some sort of reason why they would say so slow in this song besides it just sounding cool. So <laughs> I was open to just about any interpretation you had to offer on that one. <laughs> Completely open on that. Can a boy who drops out of school at 13 years of age answer the cue of life and death when it slaps him in the face? Who's to blame when he's got no place to go and all he's got is a sense to know that a life of crime will help him beat you in the race? Okay, so the third verse is where Prince does his thing, where he switches up his his vocals, he switches up how the, the verse is sung, and he does the same here in Positivity, no surprises. Um, he's sort of rapping now a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he still is asking some questions, but it's not straight up like same questions asked multiple times about money or wealth. So now he's asking more philosophical questions. And the, and the lines go in the third verse. Can a boy who drops out at school, 13 years of age, answer to life and death when it slaps him in the face? Who's to blame when he's got no place to go and all he's got is the sense to know that a life of crime will help him beat you in the race? Help him beat you in the race. Positivity. So here we go a little bit in a different direction, I think. He's now talking, instead of talking about access to wealth or how did one uh, retrieve the wealth that they possess and and kind of painting a picture there, he's painting a different picture. Now he's painting a picture of, of poverty and painting a picture of, you know, children who are dropping out of school and then don't have a great home life, don't have a support system around them. You know, 13 years of age is really young. I have a 13-year-old daughter, so I can't imagine, you know, my 13-year-old having to make these really tough life decisions. Like, how am I going to eat my next meal? Where am I going to sleep tonight? Uh, these are these are imagery. That, this is kind of the imagery we're supposed to be getting from this verse. Would you agree with that, Tara? Do you have a different take on it? You know, I kind of feel like it does to what you're describing. But it's also like, I like that he does that, not just in this song, he does it in Sign of the Times, too, where it's that similar kind of inversion, you know, where you have in France, a a man dies of a big disease with a little name. And then he says at a home for 17 year old boys, their idea of fun, you know, like, so it starts with an adult, then it goes to a younger person. And I think he knows I can talk about a social issue or an idea or a core belief that human beings have. And then I can move into a child because, you know, what's gonna make you feel more empathy as a listener or a reader? It's gonna be that idea of a child suffering. And I think it's a really smart rhetorical move, but it's also one of those things that's like, you know, considering where we are in the world, we see it more. You know, we're seeing it more than we should. And I don't think a lot of lyricists look at it that way. 
I think we kind of mm-hmm. romanticize youth a little bit. And Prince in this song and in other songs, I think, is like, look, being young can be hard, too. And what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's just he's just putting it out there. Like, this this boy who drops out, drops out of school at age 13 has right. no place to go. So, you know what? Hey, Life of Crime is going to help help him beat you in the race meaning like it's going to help him achieve you know whatever that is and if that achieving means to take what's yours and turn it into his that's that's part of the race in his mind i mean he has no he he's his choices are limited is what i think prince is trying to to say all he's got is the sense to know that a life of crime will help him beat you in the race because he's dropped out of school he doesn't have any other real legitimate options to live right i mean this is really what it boils down to is life and death as he says the answers to life and death and uh you know life is is where the the boy is going to choose and however he can live is what he's going to do and what he's going to what it's going to take to live is what he's going to do especially if he doesn't want to be homeless or hungry you know Mm -hmm. exactly and you're right. It does force the listener to just to think about, you know, their lives as children or the children that they know or children that they have and offer that empathy and think of it in a way that, you know, they it, it makes them pause a little bit about maybe some of the judgment that or at least it's intended. I think it's intended to maybe push pause on some of that judgment that we tend to do for for criminals especially criminals that are adults, we are like, oh, you're, you're should be old enough to know better. You know, people say that all the time. You should be old enough to know better. Um, but we don't know what, I mean, they weren't always adults, right? So who knows what their life was like when they were kids and they might've been making these same decisions as children and they've had no alternative since then. So why would, why would we expect them to have a different um, frame of mind as an adult when they've been dealing with this, with life this way for potentially decades. So positivity, he ends that verse with positivity. Um, and I guess, you know, with him punctuating this, you know, it's just kind of begs the question, what is he trying to say with this? Like he's offered a few different scenarios about wealth management and also life and death situations, poverty is in, at stake, and then just leading off with positivity or ending it, I should say, with positivity. So is he trying to say are, he he's hoping that people turn to positivity? Is he asking us to be have a positive outlook towards these people that maybe we might have had a negative outlook towards? I don't know. I think it's maybe open for interpretation. What do you yeah, think? I think it can be a little bit. I mean, one, that there's still hope for a young person, even if they make a decision that is questionable or we know is like, maybe not morally right, but if they had guidance, they could be something else. But I always think about (laughs) what I ended up eventually thinking as a teacher. It's like, as a teacher, do I help create young people who are going to be more likely to help someone in need or knock somebody over and take their purse? I may not be a parent, but I think that's a question we should all be asking as adults. Are we creating people who will be better people in general and better people maybe than we were? Mm. You know, 
Mm -hmm. And he's kind of, you know, even when he gets into the next stanza, it's like he's encouraging that next generation of young people. And that's what your job should be as an adult. It's like, it's not your child, but what can you do to contribute to those children who will be here probably longer than we will? Yeah, I like that. So we get another uh, couple of choruses, a repeating of the positivity, had your, had your plus sign. Do we mark your present? Do we mark it late? We get some more of the na, 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 so slow. Um, I don't think there's anything more to talk about there. <laughs> Touched on that already. So we got a few more. We got a couple more verses here, basically. I call them verses, whatever they're called to you. Stanzas, um, grouping of lines. Wave your hand for positivity, So here he starts off this fourth verse, again, kind of rapping or just speaking the lines like he did in the third verse. Wave your hands for positivity, y'all. All the boys and all the girls, you are the new kings of the world. Shall the court sing together? And then he starts singing. Every man's life, there will be a hang-up, a whirlwind designed to slow you down. It cuts like a knife and tries to get in you, the spooky electric sound. Give up if you want to, and all is lost. Spooky electric will be your boss. Then he goes right into the next grouping of lines, but I'm going to pause there. Give us a chance to talk about these lines. All right, so these seem to be like surface-level solutions, which I know... in the scope of a five to seven minute song, what real solutions can Prince offer? Mm-hmm. But they, they do feel a little like surface level, like, uh, yeah, uh, wave your hands for positivity. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, easier said than done sometimes, but sure, you know, just trying to put that vibe out there. And that's what the, that's what the song's supposed to be putting a vibe out there, putting a vibe out in the world of, of positive thinking positive way of life and you know it kind of speaks to your line or your discussion about you know thinking of uh, still still holding out hope you know you're the new kings of the world all the boys and all the girls you're the new kings of the world that's that's a a line i think intended to lift up spirits you know Uh, think of yourself as the next leaders think of yourself as the next rulers and whatever capacity that that means to you even if you know things may be looked dour now uh, give up if you want to all is lost don't give up that's what he's saying i think you know give up if you want to all will be lost if you do and spooky electric as we've described in other episodes on this album is the kind of the proxy for the devil or satan stands in there he doesn't use those words very often but in this album spooky electric is that that negative um negative feeling negative aspect and also just straight up satan or the devil Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is a this fourth verse just trying to bring, I think it feels like it's bringing it all together, like the concepts of the first three verses, trying to put it all together in a, a package that helps us as the listener understand a bit more what he's trying to say in this song. 
What are your thoughts about this fourth verse, Tara? Well, I definitely think he knows not only is he coming to the end of the song, but this is the end of the album. So it feels like it's almost like this is the summation of what he wants you to get out of the whole album. Kind of like if you hear old black folk tales, there's like a phrasing that they let you know the story is in, like step on a pin, this is the end. Or they'll say some kind of phrasing like that. So it almost hits me tonally like that, especially when you get to the give up if you want to, all is lost, spooky electric will be your boss, you know? But I also think a lot about when I went back to that affirmative part that's at the beginning of the verse where he says, you are the new kings of the world. Because that's how he says it on the album where there's that pause between new and kings. And it's like he's almost shouting it with Sheila and Bonnie, I believe, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not him, it's multiple voices. But yeah. I kept thinking of... And we all know Prince has influenced so many other artists across genres. Like, I kept thinking of Nas's song, I Know I Can, and him affirming kids in that song and calling them royalty. And again, because this was 1988, that's something a, a lot of Black folks did. You know, you know, when you think about that culture of the 90s and people growing up where they were like, hey, king, hey, queen, you know, like, it struck me as, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean, you know, there were rappers that had names like that. Queen Latifah, uh, King T, King Sun. So, you know, it just falls right in line with that. And they all came out at the same time, late 80s. They all came up in in the rap world at the same time. So fits right in with that. Um, yeah, so I like that. And, you know, the line every man's in every man's life, there will be a hang up to me. It reminds me a little bit of the song forever in my life off side of the times. There comes a time in every man's life. He gets tired of fooling around. So he's a little bit of a callback there. But here, of course, he's talking about be a hang up a whirlwind designed to slow you down. He's just talking about, again, you know, everybody runs into adversity. Uh, negativity in their life it's really how you handle it it's how you address it and how you uh, deal with the aftermath of that um, is kind of more telling of your character and and who you are as a person than you know did you pick yourself up or did you give up and that's what he's basically asking here i think uh, any other comments on this fourth verse before we move on or spooky electric i really I mean, I love the word whirlwind. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> Again, it goes back to how he just does these W words that are really quirky and excellent in this song. But I do think it's a summation verse. I think it's interesting that he came up with spooky electric as kind of the metaphor for the devil. Um Cause it makes me think of that sound you hear in horror movies or something where it's like, and you're like, Oh, I would have never thought of that. Like have almost that synesthesia quality for an entity, you know? And again, I think that lends to kind of like that fantastical element that's always in Prince's work where he just makes up these quirky things with color and light and sensory detail. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. It is 
it's pretty cool. I think uh, whether you like it or dislike it, you can't deny it's creative. <laughs> yeah. We'll give them that for sure. People magazine, Rolling Stone, call your next to kin, cause your ass is gone. You got a 57 mag with the price tag still on the side. Customer smooth, you say dead, you better say die. Oh, you can fly. Spooky and all that he crawls for. Spooky and all that he crawls for. Don't kiss the beast. All right, so the final verse of lyrics call People Magazine, Rolling Stone, call your next of kin because your ass is gone. It's got a 57 mag with the price tag still on the side. Cousin, when Spooky said dead, you better say died. Or you can fly high, right by Spooky and all that he crawls for. Spooky and all that he crawls for. Don't kiss the beast. love and honesty peace and harmony positivity then it repeats that love and honesty peace and harmony now you start hearing i take it to be mostly bonnie but sheila might be in there as well it said hold on to your soul you got a long way to go hold on to your soul you got a long way to go and then you hear prince saying don't kiss the beast be superior at least kiss the beast be superior at least hold on to your soul you got a long way to go and that's how the song ends uh okay so this is a bit more of that summation verse i think just like expanding on that a little bit um (laughs) i like to call the shout out shout outs to people magazine and rolling stone just two magazines you could have picked just about anything but those Mm -hmm. are entertainment magazines so it makes sense that prince would call out entertainment magazines and then stone is like a slant rhyme with gone. Mm-hmm. Brings up spooky again here a couple times. Mm-hmm. Spooky say dead. You better say died. Yeah. Right, fly right by spooky and all that he crawls for. And using the word crawls here kind of also gives off a little Creep. bit of that uh, creepy, <laughs> creepy, crawly neg- uh, horror movie vibe. Somebody who's just like crawling on the ground trying to get at you. You just. It just gives off vibes of just something to avoid, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And again, I mean, I feel like, yeah, you can read the verses, but it's like, it's it's like so much of when you think about in the African-American tradition of signifying, right? Like, because he'll be like, he's got, he says, Call you next to Ken because your ass is gone. He got a 57 mag with the price tag still on the side. Cousin, when Spooky say dead, you better say die. Like, you, <laughs> like there's that little bit of attitude in it mm-hmm. that you like, I'm going to warn you because it's about to come. It's going to hit the fan if you don't. So I feel like it's a little bit of that kind of coinage that he's going for. 
And I love that Prince will do that, like that he'll just mess with people in that kind of signifying way. Whereas like the way you would say it to your family, as opposed to the way you say it to people who you're going to talk to at a job interview per se. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think the kiss the beast part is very obvious, but the part that follows where he talks about love, honesty, peace, and harmony, it really reminds me of, and it was still on the air and Don Cornelius still did it, how he would close out Soul Train. Because he would say, you know, he's like, and as always, love, peace, you know, so he'd do love, then he'd throw up the peace sign, he'd go down, <laughs> come up with the fist and say soul. You know, and that was how they ended out the the show. And then they would do the theme song and it would kind of play out. And I feel like it gives you a similar kind of vibe. Like he's telling you, this is where we're going. So to hear, hold on to your soul. You got a long way to go. So it almost kind of takes me back to that too from childhood. And Don Cornelius, like giving you the final message before you go out into the world and face a new week. Cause it was every Saturday you watch Don Cornelius, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's what this is. This is the final message from Prince on love sexy. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of doing a very similar thing here. I think yeah. spot on with that. Hold on to your soul. You've got a long way to go. And then he also says, we got a long way to go. Or they say, we got a long way to go. So, you know, right. it's again, it's not just you. We all have a long way to go. And it's like uh, just thinking of it from a perspective, we're all in this together. Like mm-hmm. we as a human race, we as a community, however you want to think about it, we've got a long way to go. Meaning maybe, you know, our lives are still, we still got a long life ahead of us. Um, or we still have a long way to go to get to a place where we feel like our our souls are being saved. Right. Uh, I think it could maybe be interpreted both ways, potentially. Right. You've got a lot of work to do. you got to put in the work, as he said, you know, later on in his career. Yeah. And not even just that, but I love how this song, if you really look at the trajectory of Prince, like I always think about, in particular, Purple Rain and Graffiti Bridge, which was supposed to be the, the sequel to Purple Rain, how the kid is this character who's always the underdog. And he's always trying to stand up for something that's right. You know, he's a little flawed, but, <laughs> you know, like you think about him when he, when he slaps Abalonia in Purple Rain, and I'm like, dude, I got problems with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> still, it's like, you still want the kid to win in Purple Rain. You still want him to help save the community and help Melody Cool and George Clinton in Graffiti Bridge and that music is going to win and the good side is going to win. Like, and I think that's what positivity is for him. That's what, you know, you're fighting the devil, you're fighting the bad guy. Yeah. So it's like a very classic kind of theme throughout this album and in the work that follows it, I think. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good versus evil kind of uh, 
imagery in the song and the album you know don't kiss the beast be superior at least like be above that be better than that right Uh, don't don't stoop i mean literally stoop because he's talking about spooky's crawling so you get the impression he's on the floor at least you know i think that's the kind of imagery you're supposed to get when somebody says he's crawling towards you you have to get down on your hands and knees to get to his level and Mm -hmm. of course you know being down on your hands and knees or getting down on the floor is can have a lot of common connotations of just um, going down to the level of your opponent down in the dirt meaning also like you think of heaven up in the sky and you think of hell down underneath the ground and just it gives you all of that like it gives you all of that imagery like to get down into the the dirt I mean get dirty or however you want to interpret that I think it all works for me too mm-hmm. hold on to your soul that's the line I really enjoy in this song I think it's a great a great line and a great way to go out on this song. Mm-hmm. I think. Absolutely. Do you have any final thoughts on the song, Tar, that you wanted to touch on that we haven't already talked about? You know, I I'm really grateful that you gave me the chance to talk about this album because I feel like I listen to this album a lot solo. And Love Sexy in general is definitely one of those albums that I call it a bathtub album for me, which means I can sit in the tub and either I have a little stand, you know, that you can like they make these little things that's got like an expandable leg on it. So you can put it over the lip of the tub and you put a wine glass in it. You can put a book on it. So it's Mm -hmm. like either I can put a little notebook there and write while I'm in there listening to the album drink a glass of wine or (laughs) I get these wax pencils so I can write on the tile in the tub and I notes for poems. So I've done that to this album because it was just, the lyrics are just so weird and the sounds are so weird that Mm -hmm. it makes my mind float. Usually I write to music that doesn't have words, but Prince, I think because he is so much a part of my poetic imagination in a lot of ways from childhood on, because I started writing poems around 12 or 13, you know, to the point where I even, I remember as a kid using I, the number four, the capital U for you in some of my early poems. And now I'm like, oh, that's what that was. I didn't even really think, you know, he was that absorbed into me wanting to be a writer but yeah he's definitely a part of my narrative impulse and this album was one of the ones that really touched me so thank you for giving me the chance to talk about it with you you're welcome i'm thrilled to have you on honestly anytime i can get a new guest uh it's a it's a pleasure for me so thank you so much for joining me thank you so much for agreeing to be on this episode and uh, I want to give you a chance now to, to you know, talk a little bit more about your published works. Anything you wanted to share with the listeners about where they can find your poems? Sure. I actually have three books. The third book will be out at the end of June of 2022. That book is Refuse to Disappear. Uh, my earlier books are Break the Habit and another book called Arc and Hue. Um, but Refuse to Disappear has a couple of Prince poems in it. So I'm really excited to celebrate one of my early influences in the book and, you know, celebrate also too some, like Prince did, a lot of women of color who are amazing and talented artists in their own right. 
So thank you very much, Tara, for being on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And you can find the show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, Hit me up there if you have any comments on this episode or really any episode that I've done thus far. Love to hear from you. PressRewind.net is the website where you can access the episodes as well. Until next time, thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye.